Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House Podcast. I'm Zach Semke, Director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're pleased to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded at FiasCon 2022 in Chicago. These interviews were made possible by generous support from StokeCorp and Zola Windows. In this interview, Passive House Podcast co-host Matthew Cutler-Welsh speaks with Sam McAfee of Zola Windows. Uh, Sam McAfee, I'm with Zola Windows, and I've had five startups in the Passive House space. Yeah. I'm one of the original members of New York Passive House. Yeah. Uh, and I was a contractor who uh, built one of the first historic retrofits in New York City, which was used to establish the international uh, interfit standard. That's quite the. Uh, that's just the, the that's the landscape. So yes, I'm a, a Zolo Window Fenestration expert, but I also uh, am one of the original co-founders of Four Seven Five High Performance Building Supply. Yeah, uh, I was one of the uh, co-founders of FenTrend Global yep. Window and Door Marketplace, FenIQ Database Visualization for Construction Permits, yep. and I've also helped and was the key person who developed the landmark window with Zola. So yeah, I was the contractor executing one of the first passive houses without this entire support structure. Yeah. So we were, none of these places existed. None of these manufacturers were here. And so we were bringing in windows directly from Germany. Yeah. Uh, With that package, we had tape that arrived for installation, stuff that I'd never seen in my life. Yeah. And... uh, we were using membranes and liquids that just weren't available. I was using uh, bathroom-based elastomeric paints yeah. because I couldn't get my hand on stove or stove couldn't get to me fast enough. Or yeah. I was using um, uh, American-based uh, house wraps that said that they were airtight, uh-huh. only to find out that they were micro-perforated with little pins to let moisture move through them yeah. because I can see that they're, in fact... Perforated, which is still not anti to passive house, but, but that's still common commonly today. used. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. that's what yeah. that's what Tyvek is. But how did you get from sculpting to building houses? So I was uh, San Francisco Internet 1.0, right in the nineties, like and 90s, I, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Mid, to, mid I was uh, Internet 1.0 through like uh, early two thousands. Chat rooms and uh, yeah. <laughs> And then found myself uh, in New York City, bored with the internet as it was collapsing, and decided to pivot to construction, which is what I grew up around, and right. more hands-on with my sculpture degree. Yeah. yeah. Ended up working as a design builder, doing custom residential. Yeah. Doing what people thought was green. Yeah, Maybe right. doing some air tightness. Maybe putting some silicon caulk on some joints, on uh-huh. some studs. Using an R6, uh, a 2 by 6 wall with a bit yeah. more insulation. Uh, and a lot then, of passive solar? trying to saying thinking that's right but it's yeah. all like Anderson 200 windows 400 it was like still inexpensive and yeah. leaky uh, and then in uh, I'd moved to New York by that time and I was running large luxury construction projects yeah. historic retrofits uh, I was then out on my own doing my own projects as a owner of a construction company right and then the 2008 recession hit and uh, it was a little brutal getting yeah. beat up and I just thought to myself if I was going to continue to do construction that I wanted to do green construction which is what I cared about 
And if I was going to do green construction, I'm going to find the most efficient green construction there is. And I'm like, yeah, of course it's Passive House. I read all about it back in like 2003. So I went looking for it and found out it didn't exist in the United States. I'd found out about it because of a Washington Post little tidbit article like in 2002, 2003. Some mention of it. Right. Yeah. So I went looking for it (laughs) and found it in New York. There was a there's a meetup group of passive house people who cared. And was that Katrina? Who who was that? That was uh, Ken Levinson and Forrest Boosman and a couple right. other and uh, Chris. Uh, uh, names are eluding so me. So some links. There's lots of like Europe. established. Yeah, yeah. All with the German Institute. Yeah, right. Right. With connections to Fias at the time, because it was all together. Yeah, mm. but there must have been other options, like lead or... Um, People were having me do lead. I, yeah. I, I saw through lead, though, and right. I knew that the board game didn't line up right. for energy efficiency. It might for chemical, and it does really great for implementing right. lower. Yep. But it didn't solve the energy efficiency net zero. It didn't right. lead us there. Um, I had found out about this group through a, a Dutch friend of my family. And right. He introduced me to his Dutch friend who yeah. played field hockey with Flores. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so I started going to these meetup groups, and that meetup group ended up turning into New York Passive House and forming yeah. a few months later. And I was the only contractor in the group at the time amongst architects. Right, so you're still a contractor at that stage. I was, and yeah. I'm guessing you, as a contractor trying to do something different, you needed to find some products. Ken, Ken Levinson approached me at one of the meetups and says, would you be interested in pricing out Passive House Project right. in Brooklyn? Yeah. He said, the client doesn't care about Passive House, so you would have to price out but do no change orders related to the performance Passive House package. Yes. Right. And they also want to complete it in 12 months. Uh-huh. So I said yes. So was that was that Forrest that was driving the passive house? Was that? Was, if it, the client wasn't asking for passive house. I, I'll, I won't name names, but the client uh, wanted to uh, show up his brother-in-law who was building a green home and kind of an eco guy. Right. He wanted to show him up with something better, faster, cheaper. So they like, didn't know that they wanted passive house. He just, wanted to, wanted, he just wanted to show up his brother-in-law. And that was Forrest's solution. was... To go one up and do it in 12 months. (laughs) It was Ken. Ken was the architect on the project. And so you needed some uh, to find some (coughs) products and materials? Yeah, so there was a lot of stuff being brought to the table, being served. I was contractor. I was probably the least informed at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Ken was great. He was the most informed, modeled it, working with FIA, springing stuff in, sourcing products. And then I was just going to be the one implementing it. Yeah. Tradesmen executing it, yeah. but along the process, I learned a lot, and I also got trained yeah. and became a passive house sort of passive house certified uh, modeler, and yeah. um, and that was my last construction project. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. From that, uh, we, the three of us on the project, Ken, Forrest, yeah, and Sam, decided to form Four Seven Five at Performance Building School. Because I imagine going through that design process, you would have been, were you selecting products from Europe? Or? Yeah, the ecosystem was quite small. <clears throat> and I think at that time, 
the first Theus conference had taken place yeah. in 2009 or 10. Right. And from that, there were some suppliers of European descent who were bringing in products that they were aware of. And yeah. Tanner was was heavily his windows yeah. at the time we yeah. were using. So. so what what made you end up in the window space? So after that project and into the 475, I was starting to get consulting projects more and more similar to the project I had taken on mm-hmm. in the landmark historic retrofit to Passivastan yeah. in New York City. Yeah. The cost of windows was too high, and there was an opening to find and or design a cost-effective competitive window to what they were already using in these historic retro parts, the Marvin Ultimate. Right. So I called every window company in the space I knew, yep. and Zola said yes. Right. So I co-developed the historic retrofit window, and it priced less than the Marvin Ultimate. Wow. So it was passive house level, yeah. historic retrofit, direct yeah. to customer, cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've we've talked about um, Zola quite a bit on mm-hmm. the or a little bit on on passive house accelerator and passive house podcast, yeah. but just to remind people. Um, Kind of where you're at today in terms of um, design, where it's made, um, products, structure, how we yeah. work, the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, Zola is a U.S. company, yeah. and they have a manufacturing partnership with a Polish factory. Yep. So the metaphor is we're the Lexus to their Toyota. Nice. So we design our products. We have our staff. We work in their factory. They produce our product for us. Yeah. And that product is North American, and we they can't be sold to anybody else in North America. Yeah. So we're refining, updating, creating very specific product solutions to North Americans, North American project problems. Yeah. Um, and we have the efficiency of the factory. And they have the, the historic. They have the source. They have the wood. And then we've expanded their factory capacity with all the aluminum and other stuff that we're doing with yeah. them. So. So you're doing now. You've got. Wood, we're, PVC. We're UPVC. Uh, we're we're wood. We're yep. wood clad. Yeah. We're aluminum, and we're just launching our steel product line as well. Yeah. And is that so? Steel is is, is the premium. Steel is a premium, and it's the hardest to fabricate. Yeah. yeah. It's the most expensive frame to acquire as well. So yeah. it's got a lot of expensive products to it. Yeah. What's the share among the other materials? Is UPVC um, becoming more and more popular, or where, where is it sitting? With, we, with yeah. So something that I learned in my days uh, in fan trend and global marketplace analysis is that there's about uh, somewhere in between 38 and 42 separate window markets in the United States. Right. Yeah. So when somebody says, hey, I need a window for my project, they, yeah. they kind of fall into one of these 42 buckets. Yeah. And so Zola occupies only a few of those. Right. So if you were to ask for skyscraper curtain wall, you probably shouldn't be talking to Zola because that's not our sweet spot. Yeah. If you're looking for no performance cheapest possible windows for a house you're not going to those are, that's the book you're not going to be talking to Zola about those extreme ends yeah. right we are good <laughs> at large high performance openings yeah we're good at design focused buildings that have quality already in the equation if you're looking for uh, the lowest budget number competitiveness at the least amount of cost there are definitely other window companies for better yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah. So, 
also like if you're just looking for one or two windows really you're kind of stuck there's not a lot of high performance manufacturers that can provide you just a few windows because it's all custom made and shipped directly to you yeah that's just how the infrastructure works right so yeah so we're UPVC, we're wood, we're wood clad, we're aluminum, we're steel. Most of our product class is wood clad and aluminum. Right. And we're going to see steel take off because there's a broken aspect to steel windows in the U.S. And so we'll be half the price at double the performance. And will that be for both new and uh, retrofit as well? We, we don't differentiate new and retrofit, all, all construction, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be the thin frame stuff, so it'll fit in all conditions. Right, it's more a heritage look. Heritage look, yeah. and also, yeah, all of, you know, Central Park with the steel windows, yeah. all of that re- replacement with high performance and acoustic characteristics to yeah. shut out the city sound. Yeah. And, yeah. That sounds like a really important marketing piece of wisdom for the whole passive house industry yeah. to yeah. recognize that number of markets when you say, because yeah. I've been guilty of that saying, you know, what's the housing industry like? Yeah. And I think that there is that. It's not even. A, it's not really a fragmentation. It's a. It's a distinction between yeah. so many different parts of the market that you have to really be clear about which one you're talking to. Yeah. So uh, early, early in the game, uh, it was important to make sure to understand how passive house was going to s- succeed, so that you weren't barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. Uh, it seemed that there was a pattern, especially in New York City, and I think the reason. New York City has been so successful with the implementation of this new building method as well is because the architects and contractors who are involved realized that they needed to focus on projects where the person making the design decisions and paying the money and also occupying were the same person. Right. That way they were making an investment in their personal home. Yeah. And not necessarily developing a house that other people are going to buy. Yeah, and just flick it on. That's right. And in New York City, those type of projects are generally millions of dollars in construction and very Mm. expensive. And they want quality and luxury. And in a city that is noisy, dirty, and expensive and takes lots of boilers and is cold, we don't even have to really talk about passive house. We just have to talk about it's quiet, it's airtight, it's... Yeah. the right temperature in winter and if you do the passive house you can get rid of your boilers yeah so what about the other end of the market are you, are you supplying into the affordable space social housing public housing those sorts of projects yes and there's there's kind of two or three groups in that area uh, some require an extreme amount of uh, certification and testing we fit into those because we have that criteria right others don't and they're just looking for cheap windows we're probably not the best fit for those right. because there's dozens and dozens of more companies that have just showed up that don't have all that right. work together. We have maybe too much infrastructure with those types of projects. Right. Where are you from here? Where, where do you see Zola in the next five years? Well, there is kind of a coming apocalypse. We'll see what's happening with the real estate market over the next two years. Uh, I don't think uh, the high end of the market is going to be too impacted. It's going to slow down a little bit, maybe because of construction costs. Yeah. But we have the capacity to do very large, high-performance, huge openings. Yeah. Uh, something I keep mentioning here at the trade show over and over is like our Alu 75 uh, triple glazed lift slide. We can do an OXXXO, six panels, four openings. Wow. That's 60 foot wide. Wow. 
We can do a 40-foot wide slider opener in aluminum that's high performance. To the requirements of a passive house? To, when it comes to the air tightness, yeah. there's a couple little connections that probably need some TLC. Yeah. But on an opening that large, it's very tight and very thermally sound. Which is important. Then that's a sliding. That's a lift slide. Wow. Huge lift slide. Because that's probably the hardest. Yes. Exactly. We, we're... The reason we're used in more certified passive houses in North America than any other brand, and by the way, I keep extracting the data and checking this, and it's true. We're used in hundreds of certified passive houses or certified projects, uh, is because we have the engineering. We have those lift slides that have those detailed modifications for passive house. We have all the thermal modeling. We have the ability to build uh, landmark-compliant entry doors that are... Passive house, right? That look like the original door. Yeah. That have all the air seals and everything. Uh, we have the windows. We have all of the beautiful glass. We have the large glass, eight foot by ten panel sizes. So we can do all those big engineering luxury type of items that large projects like. So future looks good. Well, future looks a little bit bumpy, but it looks good enough. I mean. No. <laughs> It's been a great year for Solo. Hey, you so. came out of the um, you came out of the two thousand eight. Yeah, I did. Pretty well. Yeah. So, and and the company as a whole has actually because uh, Zola has been uh, kind of a supporter of Fias for now. I think twelve years. Uh, ownership decided to uh, extend the twelve percent discount to all projects closing uh, by the end of March. Uh, that have a CPHC and an energy model. March twenty twenty three. Yep. So all the way through Q1 of next year, if you have a passive house that has an energy model and a CPHC... So given that windows tend to be one of the biggest items... percent's a big chunk. That's a big chunk of yeah. probably the potential uplift of going from code to passive house that's for right. a lot of projects. Yeah. So there's no excuse. No excuse. <laughs> it bridges that gap and helps, you know, offset some of the other uh, issues with construction and costs because yeah. things are really crazy right now. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Yeah, sure. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's me. Awesome.